album for the apocalypse. Album for the apocalypse. One, two, fuck my shit. And welcome to the first episode of the Albums for the Apocalypse podcast. I am your host, Jack, and your co-host is Amos. Hello there. And this is a podcast simply said about what albums we would take into a post-apocalyptic world. So the concept basically came about because, as everyone knows, this is probably the most insane time most of us have lived through, unless there's anyone who's lived through a war. So fair play to not sure that'll be the demographic we'll get but um yeah so we kind of had the thought of what albums would we want to take or what music would we want in a post-apocalyptic world so imagine we had to take a load of albums to a bunker which ones would we pick so each week we're going to look at three different albums talk them through what we think of them amos's kind of expert opinion almost my opinion and um and just kind of go through whether we keep them or not and then after that we'll talk about the songs from each album that we like and put together a songs to be saved playlist which is basically a song we each pick from each album um which we quite like and think would make a good addition to a playlist for the uh post-apocalyptic world anything you'd add to that amos um, not too much. I mean, you've got to think like not each album is going to be like a 10 out of 10. We're not just going to pick 10 out of 10 albums because that would be a bit boring. We're trying to pick interesting albums, quite varied. Um, you've got to think when you're looking through your record collection, imagine Shaun of the Dead, the zombies are coming after you. You know, you're looking through your record collection. Am I going to throw this record at the zombies? Or am I going to keep it? You know, it doesn't, it's not all 10 out of 10s. It's albums that could mean something to you, mean something to the band, have yeah. interesting artistical like, qualities, out, everything. Well, you know, you put out, let's say an old now now 31 that's going to the zombies you pull out the white album you want to put that back that's the concept <laughs> pretty much it's, um, it's yeah it's albums that you you know you probably wouldn't spend 30 quid on buying and vinyl pretty much is the ones you aren't saving most cases but there'll be there'll be discussion about which ones we do and stuff there'll be reasoning behind it all, i'm sure so each week we've got a theme for which the albums are based on um this week's theme is 2020 but there'll be all sorts of themes in the future so if you have any suggestions that's just on our social medias which is albums for the apocalypse on basically every social media or email us at albums for the apocalypse at gmail.com so before we get started amos do you want to tell us a bit about your music resume yeah i suppose it's yeah good to introduce ourselves get an idea of where we're coming from um i'm amos as you've probably already gathered uh, I'm 24, I think that quite helps, well, I mean we both are, a bit for our sort of background in terms of the era of music that we grew up in and around, um, I'm sure that will probably be discussed later down the line as well. Uh, I typically stick around rock, metal, punk, hardcore as my casual listening, I tend to venture out into like hip-hop, techno, um, love myself a bit of pop music, that do a leap album's been on repeat for a lot of this lockdown for me. Um, that, those music tastes actually end up having me write for All Corner. So I was, um, did interviews, album reviews, festival reviews, live reviews for about three years. Uh, so you're going to have a bit of a, a bit more of a critical standpoint coming from me, maybe compared to maybe Jack, who's a tends to be a more casual listener for music. But that, that's that's good. That's good. That's what you want for music. So a yeah. light way of saying a bit less um, <laughs> nuance. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I should probably introduce myself and my uh, qualifications. 
So I'm also 24. I have a grade one in trumpet, which involved me performing match the day theme to a woman at a house somewhere near Slough. And I got merit, so there's that. And I quit playing the trumpet about two months later. So, you know, that was fun. Um, and I have a Spotify account. So those are my qualifications. My music taste is kind of varied to a bit of hip hop, a bit of a lot of pop, to be honest. I do, I'm a sucker for a pop song. Indie rock, got alt rock. I've got Arctic Monkeys tattoo, so there's that. Um, but a bit of everything, really. I'm quite broad, but I think I probably hit a few areas that maybe you don't, Amos. What would you say? What's your taste? Yeah, I think that's that's bit. But I mean, the, probably the one genre that I tend not to even dabble in that much. Like when I get bored of like the rock and metal, I tend to go into like pop, hip hop, techno. Is is indie? So and I, that's definitely where you tend to live mostly. I feel. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, a lot of the time. I mean, especially like the Arctic Monkeys tattoo and stuff. So I think we'll get. <laughs> yeah. Well, def- I feel. You'll definitely be introducing me to more indie music, and I'll be definitely be introducing you to more alternative stuff like rock punk hardcore. So it'll be my my taste just changes like the wind, like. But I think definitely for the most part of my, I guess definitely my young adult life, mainly like but a mix between hip hop, rap, and indie rock, which is quite an old mix. But yeah. So our three albums today. Um, I selected King Cruel's Man Alive, exclamation mark, um, which we'll be talking about first. Amos, what did you pick? So I went for Enshikari's sixth album, Nothing is True and Everything is Possible. A very positive title. And album three was selected for us by our friend Alex, and he picked for us to listen to Manic by Halsey. 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 Uh, Halsey Halsey, you'll probably get everything from us. Yeah. Big H. Um, yeah, the H. Um, so after we talk about those three, we'll be making our decisions on which ones we think we should keep and which ones we should let go. And then after that, we'll be discussing the songs from each album we'd like to save. So up first was my selection. That was Man Alive by King Cruel. Sorry, Man Alive, exclamation mark. I'm not important. sure how yeah, important. Was it Man Alive? you got to, you know... Yeah, um, so this was the fourth or third album. It depends. Various sources say various things depending on. There's an album. They're not sure. If, I'm not sure if it's qualified as an album or not. But anyway, um, from King Cruel, which is the music project of uh, Archie Marshall, and it's his first album since Ooze, which was released in 2017, and it was released at the end of February. So he had quite a big gap between his albums. He's actually in general, seems to be all over the shop with his album cycles. But um, yeah, it's quite a mix of music, but in general, quite a... <laughs> I went for the word despondent, which I'll completely be honest, I read that on a review for it, and I thought that was probably the most appropriate word for it. Um, because it basically is... It's got lots of interesting lyrical, I guess, moments. It talks a bit about addiction, um, kind of talks a bit about society but it's very um it's very kind of almost depressing which considering his last album ooze isn't a shock but yeah what did you think amos so i've never really been much into king cool knew his name i never really dabbled in maybe heard a couple of singles here and there but nothing much uh so when i went into this i did a quick bit of research he's only 25 so that means his the album before this was released when he was 22 and that's definitely what i noticed in terms of this sound is that it's a lot more mature i think 
terms of how it comes across. Um, his his early his uh, his other two albums, as you would say, are a bit more raw, um, which is expected when you're a younger musician. I mean, even 25s were still really young. Um, but musically on this one, behind uh, the vocals weren't to my taste. But the yeah. musically behind it, I I loved it really. Like I could stick this one in the background. Um, the slightly more jazzier vibes. Um, and actually, yeah. I, what I realised is when I googled that, this is he's only self-produced. But he's got um, his co-producer Dilip Harris has worked with Kamasi Washington and Sons of Kemet, and I think that when you when you realise that you can definitely hear that coming through in the uh, sort of extra bonus bits on the production and stuff like that. I'll be honest, I've never heard of either of those people, but I imagine if you have, then that probably makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, yeah, um, both Mercury nominees and stuff like that, so he's that yeah, okay. he's got a good little producer behind him, which you can definitely tell the production's um, really really good on this. I think. Yeah, I liked I liked the kind of jazz and like it's got kind of post punk. Um, a mix of like synths, distortion, a lot of bass in there. The thing that like for me, so I picked this album basically because I briefly heard it when it first came out. I liked lots of his earlier stuff. Um, I didn't really like The Ooze that much. I was hoping this would be, so The Ooze is like kind of a mixture of that kind of weirdly despondent, like de almost depressing songs with some more upbeat stuff. Um, at least higher tempo and a bit more of the aggression that like his earlier stuff definitely has. But this just doesn't have any of that really. It's not got any of his kind of aggressive side, I think. Like it's more um it's got lots of like spoken word style vocals and poetry. Um but to be honest, I did enjoy the first I'd say first few tracks definitely I really enjoyed. Um Stoned Again is a good song. Yes, Stoned Again was on my on my notes of um, shortlisted songs that I might pick. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. For me, I'll be honest as well. When I listen to it back, the first listen is pretty tough. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's a bit of a slog of an album as well for me personally. It's a bit one-paced. So you've got to really, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you've got to really delve into it before you start getting those nuances out. It I'd doesn't, um, it's like, there's no... No, like I say, there's no like higher tempo track really on there. It's just kind of all pretty bleak in that respect. But it, like you say, the quality is obviously from your perspective, you can tell that good. I did definitely enjoy a, quite a few songs, but I think I was hoping it would be a bit more um, aggressive in that respect. But not a bad album. No, I, 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 I get. I mean, it didn't quite grab me in. I mean, there's no real hooks on the vocals, which isn't a bad thing. You know, lots of albums don't have hooks and can't like you're not singing along. Um, but they didn't really. The vocals didn't really add too much to the album for me personally. I liked. I liked the vocals. Like, I liked the messages and stuff. Um, I, I, I mean, I kind of get that, but the spoken word it just didn't quite come through for me as I think he was hoping. Whereas with like the instrumentation for it was brilliant. Like the the lead guitar on um, opening track was it cellular. Yeah, sorry, yeah, so yeah, they just—I mean—it starts with a really, and the lead, the guitar work throughout is yeah. very subtle but very laid back. Like, if this was an instrumental record, I would probably consider buying this on vinyl just because it's such a good record to stick on the back. But yeah. those vocals for me, just every now and then, just got a tad grating. There are moments um, like Perfecto Miserable and stuff where he has a slightly more um, yeah, vulnerable, vulnerable, Ooh. quite vulnerable almost. I think the whole it, album kind of culminates with him going a little bit like he's not as like. I guess the way I would describe it is he's not as like downbeat and trudged with his vocals. At the end, it seems to go a little bit higher pitched and a little yeah. bit more um, expressive. 
which I guess is good because you can kind of tell there's a bit more emotion in those tracks. But I don't know. I've, yeah, I feel like you're probably right in that it's not um, it's not an album that makes you want to keep listening and listening and listening in that respect. Personally, I think like there are quite a few songs like Stone Again I quite like. And Stone Again's is probably one of the catchier songs on there. And I quite like that as a start. And you've got Comet Face is always quite good. But then it's it's actually the latter songs of Perfect and Miserable Underclass where he goes a bit more vulnerable, a bit more... He, op- he seems to open himself up a lot more. He doesn't feel like he's fighting against himself. He seems yeah. a lot more. He seems a lot more comfortable in sort of opening himself up. Where I've really kind of caught on to the despondent vibe Again. of the record. The subject of Stone Again is basically, I mean, it's dealing with addiction. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a good album. I think not exactly what I was hoping for when I picked it. Um, I think I probably should have listened again before picking it, but it did make an interesting no. listen to yeah, and no. a good contrast to the other albums we've got. Yeah, and I, I think what I should probably note with this is that, like, again, he is only 25. This is a slightly more mature sound for him. This production style with Dillard Paris I really like, and if he takes that style a bit further, maybe, you know, experiments a bit more, and actually will get on to changing his sound a tad and maturing as a band actually later on, on the next one actually um but he that means i'm his next album could be very very good i mean dillip harris is very good producer clearly and i there's tons of things like the saxophone use on underclass and stuff like that really just added an extra bonus and really caught my ear when i was listening to it first time around especially so i really want to push it. the voice the voicemail samples though did piss me off a bit because yeah. yeah, yeah. sometimes they add things to like songs but this one just felt like they were just put in for the sake of putting in putting yeah. in like no, i didn't mind those either um yeah so that i guess is our summary of man alive by king cruel at the end of the podcast we will decide whether or not we'll be taking it into the bunker you might have an idea of where we're going with this though on that one yeah you never know it could be a wild card quite depressing which would suit yeah 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 We'll, we'll get that. And our next album is End Shikari, Nothing Is True, But Everything Is Possible. Or And Everything Is Possible, even. Um, no, something like that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a lo- it's a long title. I just call it Nothing Is True because it's easier to say or you can shorten it. But it's the uh, sixth album from the British Electronic Rock Quartet. Um, they kind of came up as almost a scene band, I'd say, during mine and jack's childhood maybe a bit before us just a tad their debut album was 13 years ago so we were what, 11 then so yeah i wasn't yes. listening to much Enter shikari yeah no um but around that time that we were growing up you know you kind of often heard in shikari and they're always known as the band with the clap um and i'm talking about not the other version of the clap although we, we haven't heard their biographies yet so we don't quite know that one uh they've but they've survived that scene. Like that scene has pretty much died. A lot of those bands are broken up. And this album is them showing how massive they can be. They, I first got into them on the Minesweep uh, as an album band, really. Uh, and then following that, they took these poppier leanings into the spark, uh, which you know makes sense. They want to mature their sound. They're not as chaotic as they once were. They're thirty-year-old men now. They're, you know, you're not going to be running around punching walls and stuff like that. Uh, and it just didn't quite click for me. I was, I was actually very disappointed with it. It's probably one of my disappointments of that year. So I didn't have many expectations coming into this record. And then this record came about and it blew me away. Like, I was, it's just a massive pop record. 
that's all I can say about it. It's a pop rock record with hooks, dancing, singing, everything. I don't know, what about you? Because it's a bit different to normal yeah, pop so rock. I'll be honest, when you said you were going to pick out Shikari, I was a little bit unsure. Um, to sum up my experience at Shikari, I watched four minutes of them at Reading Festival 2014, 13, 2014, and then I went and watched Catfish in the Bottom instead, which was a good decision at the time. But um, I don't know, I had listened to a bit of them around then, and I wasn't, I wasn't against them. I wasn't like the biggest fan, but listening to this, I actually really enjoyed it. Probably because it is, like you say, a bit more pop rock. It's really broad. Um, yeah, the electronic samples really add depth to the style on it. And I think yeah, we've got a bit of everything. Like it finishes with orchestral. Um, like Rue Reynolds has really kind of just opened up the box and gone. We'll have a bit of everything. Um, I still have a bit of problems with his vocals just because it's a little bit too... To me, it's like if you were to Google what does a classic British rock singer sound like, that is literally it. And that's, and that's because that's who they are. Like, that's the thing I want to say. This album is so Enshikari. It's Even though it's so different to their other stuff, like well, their, pre, their earlier years, it's still Enshikari. Um, yeah. It is And to be fair... I really it did enjoy it. Like, and I liked the slight political elements in some of the songs. I liked um, some of them were just classic pop rock songs, which is nice to keep it kind of made it really listenable, if that's a word, listenable. Yeah, because you could just keep every time it got a little bit too um, either heavy or a little bit too kind of on the side that maybe I didn't enjoy as much. Like some of the tracks are quite long um, fade outs and. There were, there, there's a few instrumental tracks or like remix tracks almost in there. A pop rock song would just kind of pop in and that's kind of was enough to keep me, definitely keep me interested. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought I wouldn't, but it also had a whole theme of apocalypse around the middle of it, which... Well, quite yeah, it's very apt. I think here, Rao has always been a, quite a confident songwriter. He's always been quite pushing his boundaries, but this definitely sees him... Uh, with a lot of freedom, I think, in terms of how he's done it. Um, to fact that, you know, in the second song, he's quoting Samuel Beckett. It's like, and, you know, and, he, and like you said, he's using apocaholics as a, a hook, you know. That's, yeah. Like, that's, you don't often see that in sort of the popular ends of rock music, as you were. Like, you're not going to see, like, the Don Brocos or the all-time lows doing stuff like this. But N. Shikari, you know, they've got this confidence. They've got this uniqueness to it. Uh, like you mentioned, the orchestral style. One of the things when I first listened to this, I was like, I want to see this in a Royal Albert Hall with a full orchestra. Yeah, it would be quite cool. Like, not maybe not the whole album, but like these sort of songs, like Enshikai just have that power about them. Like, this is a main stage festival album. This isn't these tiny sweaty rooms with kids screaming into mics that they used to be. Yeah. Um, it's they and like you said, the political style. They've gone from this angry political band. You know, this. Yeah, ironically, of the four minutes I saw of them at Reading, I think two minutes of them was moaning about. David Cameron. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they've always been political. They've never hidden away from their stance. They've never hidden away from where they stand on anything like that. I agree with them, but <laughs> yeah, I think aged 18, however old I was, 18. When you, yeah, when you just want to, I mean, they used to be this, this Reading band. And when you're, when you're that sort of young band with that sort of young audience, to be able to speak about politics was always very admirable, but always something quite, quite risky, I think. Mm. Uh, whereas nowadays, they've definitely seemed to rather than just shouting about politics and shouting that they're angry, they've become a lot more eloquent in the way they've structured their arguments and their music. Yeah, um, like it's, it it's, it's gone from essentially a riot into a really well put speech is the best way to put it. Like instead of like a protest chant, it's a 
it's a speech. It's, I, 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 I adore this album. This might be my favourite Echikari album, I think. Mm. Fair enough. Quite a big thing to say. Um, oh yeah, there's tons like, of stuff I can go into it. I think it is my favourite Echikari album. Which oh, That's not a very big thing to say for yeah. me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's great. I think... Oh, I'm trying to think of things that I want to say. I mean, I could speak about this for ages. The trumpets on waltzing off the face of the earth at the end. Yeah, you just bring, cool. Like it's just it's just those little experiments that you don't always get with pop albums that are this poppy and rock mm. music. And that's what I really like about it. It has the confidence and freedom to do that. Whereas the spark before this felt really restrained, and it just didn't quite have that bite to it. And Rao's actually come out in an interview and he said, "I felt like I'm writing with so much more freedom for this record," and you can definitely tell that um, throughout. Yeah, I mean, I don't try to think. I mean, there's loads like satellites. It doesn't. It doesn't rely on the Dillard, like the um, the Heyo bits. There's tons of bits like where it just. It okay, just has... right. I realise there is something I do need to talk about. Why on earth are all the album, all the tracks, sorry, written like someone who's just discovered? Like you know, when you're 14, everyone's putting their MSN name as with every little with all their little things, yeah, and stuff they can find. That really pisses me off. Like one of my favourite bands, Bonnie Vare, they have an album like that. And I don't I, I, is it? Yeah, I I and it's the one with like and even that other one before that, um it's like got thirty three gods. I forgot what the album's called, but yeah. And they have all these different don't get it. Just put the name of the song. Like the king. The king is just the king. I know. Like umlaut. I I'm not sure if this is a thing, but I've heard rumors from this musical industry thing that bands are doing stuff like this. You know like bands are putting numbers in their names and stuff like that. It's because it makes them easier to search. And I don't know. So I don't know whether that's a label thing, but I don't, that's something that I can't see Enterprise doing because they're not that sort of band. Yeah. Also, I mean, if anything, the amount of sheer punctuation and umlauts. It takes so complicated. Yeah, I know. Harder to search because I don't have those things accessible on my laptop. So, and on your, on your phone as well, it's even harder, really. Yeah. That is the only, one of the major problems I didn't have with this. Other yeah. Than, no. As as a like. I'm, I'm looking at the track list now on Spotify. It is, it isn't the most aesthetically pleasing. So you've got the no, it's not. The, so the opening track, the Great Unknowns, all capital letters. Yeah. Then you've got Crossing the Rubicon, normal, and then you've got the Dreamers Hotel in those weird funky brackets. Yeah. And then you've got Waltzing Off the Face of the Earth, fine, but it's got number one because there's actually a reprise of that. Yeah. You then got Modern Living, all lowercase, without the normal caps at the front, dot dot dot. You then got Apocalypse Anonymous with dashes through the O's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. But and like Tina is, t- I mean, that that one makes it a bit more. So, but like, it, yeah, it's satellites with two asterisks and stuff like that. Like, it does question like why, but maybe it's because they want people to look at those songs and I don't know. There's probably reasoning behind it that we don't quite get. But yeah, I think mm. it's it's unnecessary. I think is the best yeah, thing. It's definitely definitely unnecessary, but it was still enjoyable. So fair play. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. I think we'll, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up because then we'll talk about the songs a bit more when we go into the choosing our songs. So, our third and final album today is Manic by Halsey. Um, this was picked for us by our friend Alex, and he didn't really say why he selected it. <laughs> um, I think he's quite into his pop a little bit lately. So, yeah, he likes his sort of like synth poppy sort of stuff, so it's, it kind of suits that vibe, I think. It's her third studio album. It was released in January. 
the first single for it was actually released in 2018, nearly two years before, yeah, maybe I think a year and a half before the album. I think that was originally meant to be a standalone, so that's Without Me, which has like over a billion listeners. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that, that explains why it's got a billion listeners, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that was released ages ago, and then she finally decided to put together an album from it. Uh, it's produced by Benny Blanco, who's done... He did the Justin Bieber album Purpose. He helped with the Ed Sheeran album um, Multiply. So he's kind of a pop giant. He just puts together. He's also had uh, contributions to pop chunks of others, including Sinius as well. Yeah, he did a. Um, he actually did a song, his own song with Khalid and Halsey, um, quite recently, which was quite big. So yeah, so it's basically this is a pop juggernaut of an album. Um, but I think it's, to some extent, it's a little bit different than that. Like, it definitely has lots of big pop tracks, like Without Me. But there's kind of, if I was to describe it like a wine, I would say it's almost a breakup album with hints and a nose of self-development and a palette of um, personal growth. Like, that's literally the way it comes across. Kind of, it starts off pretty... I guess it's almost quite sad. Um, some of the stuff is pretty like dealing with her own personal issues. Um, it's quite an open album. Like she even said herself, like she basically took stuff from loads of different genres that she just felt suited her emotion about different topics that she was feeling at the time and kind of just put it together into the album. Um, and it's manic in name. I don't think it's quite as manic as she probably thinks it is. It's it is manic on the Spectrum. It's it's a bit all over the place if you're looking at like pop because it does have a lot of different pop elements going throughout it. Um, yeah, but I mean for the most part, I think it's done to a pretty high standard. I think. It's, yeah. Um, there are some really good songs on here actually, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. Um, yeah. So it's got features from. It's got samples of like loads of different actresses and actors. I think Kate Winslet's on there. Amanda Seyfried, Megan Fox, John Mayer's sampled. Um, but it's actually got features from. Dominic Fike, who I really liked, so that was good to hear that. Uh, Alanis Morissette talking about a pussy being a wonderland, which was interesting. Favorite moment. lyric, amazing lyric. I was singing that, I was like, that can't be right, so I Googled it. It's like, oh no, it is, it is right. No, it is right. I am singing. Well, I know you're your garden while your family are cooking the barbecue, singing along with that. Yeah. Um, and Sugar from, or Su I'm going to guess you say it, Sugar, is South Korean. Sugar, yeah, Korean. I really, I really like that, that he was actually rapping in Korean as well. That, that really... That really uh, caught me off guard. It, it got, it, yeah, but like, it's, it's good rapping as well. I really liked it as a, like, yeah. as, as a, as a pop rap-like style thing. It's really good. I really like it. It made a difference from hearing French Montana, who seems to feature on every single pop album right now. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, I thought there's so many tracks on there that just kind of worked it made in for like a album with really good variety but at the same time still had like the classic pop bangers that kind of suit someone like Halsey um I liked the mix as well from having like acoustic guitars in some songs to like quite a lot of synth in other songs um a lot of riff in some songs like there was quite a good variety in that respect as well so yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I, re I think there's the, the midsection of it is what the big thing that I caught from it. So the uh, from I Hate Everyone to the Sugar Interlude, I think is stunning. I think that's one of the best pop moments of the year. But I was a bit slow started for me. 
I think Clementine's one of the best songs on there, actually, which is the second track. But apart from that, the first horse. Yeah, so I liked Graveyard. I thought that was a good song. I wasn't a massive fan on Graveyard. Um, a couple of other songs. You Should Be Sad, I didn't think it was very good. Um, I think that's, that was a bit too much 1989 Red Taylor Swift era, but not quite to that standard. Yeah. Uh, similarly for Finally and Beautiful Strange, I just don't think it quite hit Wales. Yeah, some, um, some not so masked jabs at her exes. Yeah. On the however, on the Taylor on the Taylor Swift note of comparison, I think three AM is yeah. the best song is the best Taylor Swift style pop song since nineteen eighty nine. The album, not the year, obviously. Yeah. Um, I like that. I, I, I really think like I think three AM is is fucking huge, honestly. I, like, I really like that and obviously without me, you can see why it was such a big single. Um, it's just basically a classic. Yeah, well, I, I really like without me. I think that's it's, it's such a really good song. I think this is better than the Billie Eilish record from last year. Really? Mm. It, it's highs are definitely significantly better. It's a bit drags a tad. I like it's benefit from the fact that it was so different. Whereas this is like still in that it's still something people have kind of heard before but it's just a bit of a variety with it yeah but it's still got enough going on to keep you interested i think as a pop album i don't think it's perfect in any way um interesting you say that actually because i hate everybody is um i think was that's the one that was produced by phineas yeah so, that's what i mean that's what i'm saying like it, that's what i say like phineas i had production credits on this and stuff but i think this is better than billy Arch. i think this is better than the Haley williams record which just came out which is a similar sort of vibe this all pop um, stuff like that. Like, I think this is, on the most part, really good. I think it drags a tad, like I said, in the start and the end. Um, but the the, good, the highs on this are stunning, like 3 a.m. Yeah, uh, Clement- I didn't expect to like this that much. No, like, I, I, I thought I'd like some of the songs on it, but I, it's not the kind of album that before we started obviously doing this, I would have gone and listened to in full. Oh, really? definitely not. No, not at all. I think Clementine is a is a very much a sleeper song. Like, it's not a pop song by any means. It's a very alternative, weird song um, that would suit more like on an Alanis Morissette album or something like that. And the yeah. uh, the the way this got this weird like creepy backing vocals. Of, I don't need anyone like this really high pitched. Really caught me off guard on first listen because I was I was going into kind of expecting a slightly off the wall pop album, but nothing like quite as weird as that. Um, and that, I, that, a second song in as well, like to just completely go off the bat when you like first listen to it. Like, that really caught me off guard, which I really liked. I listened to some of the songs, not the full album, I don't think ever, but her last album. Um, wait, I'll just check. I think it's, yeah, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, which is a strange name for an album. But yeah, I listened to that and, um, well, I listened to some of that. And I really like Now or Never, which was a single off that. But yeah, I didn't expect to really come into that this and enjoy it quite as much as I did so I'm pretty glad Alex chose it to be honest yeah no I really like it it's got some really good pop songs I don't think it's I mean like I said I I love that Dua Lipa record I don't think it's good at that but it's also very different to that Dua Lipa record so I think it's kind of hard to compare the two in terms of pop stylings Um, this is like I said more more slightly more alternative a bit more off the wall in parts Um, also this is very 2020 whereas I feel like Dua Lipa is a little bit more Retro, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, they're completely different records in terms of in truth. Like, um, yeah, I really I did really like this. I I wouldn't say I'd go back to listen to the album again just because it's a bit longer for a pop album. I like my pop albums to be a bit more punchy, um, especially with the way this starts. I could have done without a couple of tracks, yeah. Like like I said, with the start and the end being a bit slow and like quality wise and pace, but. I reckon I would listen to it again. I think definitely there's songs on there now that I've added to my library. 
sure. Yeah, I'm saying like there, there, like there are. This would be my second favorite. I mean, the Shakira's my obviously my favorite. But like the uh, there are like picking a song, favorite song from this is harder than um, I would. I thought it would have been at the start. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of songs on here that stood out for me that I was like, Ooh, do I want this one? Do I want this one? Um, yeah. I, I have a, a love for Alanis Morissette. I think Jagalip was one of the greatest records ever. Um, so to have her guesting on it was and was so cool and to have that vocal trade-off and like you said that yeah, that was good completely bonkers hook of your pussy is a wonderland is great yeah. to hear on a on a pop album as well especially a pop album that's probably going to be sung by like 13 yeah. year olds also, it covers the whole gender thing quite a lot in that track as well yeah it, oh, um it, i guess gender discrimination and gender fluidity which again in a pop album although some people would say it's just trying to be trendy i'd say it's quite a bold thing to do oh no i, I think the topics covered are certainly a lot um, bolder, than, bolder than you would find in a lot of pop albums. It doesn't play it safe. That's that's the one thing I really do admire about it. It doesn't play it safe, which yeah. I think a lot of pop, pop albums, pop artists tend to do. Um, and that's that's my big takeaway from this is that you've got to admire it for 2020. It could be so easy to play it safe, but it doesn't. And it pushes boundaries. It fucks about a lot with its style and stuff, stuff like that. So Yeah. I mean, she's only 25. So. Again, another youngin'. Um, yeah, very in cruel, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, um, but yeah. So that's our third album, and this slot every week, this kind of third album slot is kind of something that we'll be flexing around with. So we'll be taking for the first couple of weeks, we'll be taking recommendations. So if you have anything that you want based on the theme for next week, which we'll reveal at the end of the pod, um, just send it into our email or Instagram DM, and we'll pick one. Um, and then at other times we may we may have a guest so we've already got one guest kind of in the work so that guest will be picking the third album so yeah so this is kind of a spot where we'll see a bit of everything i think yes yeah, it's, it's a wild card one it's one that's going to definitely push our tastes a bit maybe do something that we wouldn't normally pick as you would like you said that's the this, the halsey record i don't think either of us would have even considered it for a 2020 album no not so really. um they, they, that's why we kind of wanted to add a third album in especially just to yeah yeah, it's a wild card going. So um, now we're going to have to think about which we're going to save. Yeah, are we saving any of these? I suppose, or are we saving all of them? Who knows? Uh, so, all right. So we're going to start in order as we did went through them. So we're going to start with the King Cool Man Alive exclamation mark. As you can probably tell, we were a bit lukewarm on this one. I think um, nothing too uh, fancy. So I guess I'll start with. I mean, you probably wouldn't know what we're going to say, Jack. Would you keep this album? Would you save this album? Would you put this album in your bag to take it to the apocalypse bunker? Uh, no, this is uh, straight. Me neither. Like I said, I don't think it's bad. I think it might be worth your listening if you're into his stuff or like if you like the Idols record from um, as well, like stuff like that. If you like that style of indie or like I said, post punky sort of stuff, give it a listen. You might. No, there are definitely moments on it um, that are definitely worth listening to. I think. Um, I feel like if you invited someone over to your bunker in this world and you were like, "Oh yeah, let's stick this on." They would be bloody depressed, yeah. and they'd be yeah. a bit like, "Why'd you keep this?" And it's and it, and it hasn't got enough. It's not good enough to be that depressing and want to be saved. Is probably my best yeah. way to put it. Yeah. I think if you were, if someone was to look through your record collection yeah. and they pulled out that record, you'd say, "Don't use that one. Use another one." Like, yeah, like, yeah. It, it's not bad, but it's just not quite up to the standard we're trying to hope for this bunker. Yeah, that's probably a nice way of putting it. So, so the songs. Uh, Wait, was, well. Do you want to pick the songs or do you want to do the, the second album? Let's do the songs, keep it on the albums, like keep it like that. Okay. Okay. 
so so the songs uh it was your album jack so i think i'll go first and then you can sort of yeah. go off and then we'll do it that way back and forth so i went for this one as underclass as my favorite because i really like that saxophone i really like the production levels on it um yeah i i Honestly, it was the one that released first listen, especially that saxophone stood out for me loads when I was fishing on Red Dead Redemption and listened to this album. It really caught my ear. That's a, I don't mind that. That's a good, good choice. I think my, for me, it was between two. Um, Cellular, which was a big single off the track, the first out, first track, which I quite liked. Uh, and Alone Omen 3, which is what I'm going to go for, I think. Alone Omen 3. Um, it leads into Stoned Again. And part of it does feel like a little bit of a setup for that. But I don't know, I just really like the, I guess, it's, I hate using this word, but I really like the vibe of it. Like, I really like the, um, the kind of atmosphere of it. And when I was just sat outside listening to it in the sun, it was just kind of, I don't know, that was the track that straight away I saved, like I put to my playlist, like as soon as I heard it. So um, I think I've kind of got to go with my gut. I'm going to say that. Um, but again, Stoned Again was a good song and that could have been on there. But I think a little bit depressing to some extent alone i mean it's called alone omen three but it's not as depressing as it sounds do you think um, we're most of my songs are probably at the tail end of this record and most of your songs seem to be at the front end do you think we've just kind of like both of us have our have like taken different it shows where the record kind of goes as well i think if we're yeah. i mean I'll admit, i found on my like i think my third listen towards the end of the record it just kind of became draining to some extent not necessarily in a bad way like just i liked the kind of change up in his vocals and stuff but it just became like i had the urge to skip which is so bad i know but i just did start getting the it urge did, it did get a bit one paced and like i said draining yeah. it did drag on a tad i think is the best way to put it yeah. um right all right so that's the song saved so we are we are saving alone omen three yeah three a weird name and and uh underclass from king cruel man alive and next up is enshikari nothing is true and everything is possible as you probably guessed i want to save this album but we've got to choose it as a podcast it's not individual so jack i feel like you might be a bit on the fence on this one so i'll sort of let you take the lead a bit more on the discussion yeah i mean beforehand i'll be honest i would have been a little bit skeptical but i really enjoyed it so i think it's a save for me i think it's a save um Unlike a lot of it, because of the kind of context of it, I think it would also suit the scenario we've invented, which would be quite appropriate. Um, I like how broad it is. It kind of covers a lot of, like, a lot of different genres, gets a little bit of everything in there. Um, yeah, I think it's a save for me. Yeah. Good uh, yeah, choice. That's pretty much it. Like, not only is it a great album, but I think this is the sort of album you'd want Enter to be remembered by. Um Yes, they've obviously got a different sound, but this sound is just, it's still in Shikari, but it's so refined and mature. Um, and it's, like you said, it's just a really good pop album. And it's a good British pop album as well, like British pop rock album. I think it's one of the best British pop yeah. rock albums we've had in the last few years. So, yeah, boom. We've got, we've got one album in the bunker, first episode. Yeah. First uh, one in. First one in. So, uh, the song, I'll let you take the first song on this one, Jack. Uh, what song are you saving? I mean... For me, there was a couple on here that I liked a lot. Satellites, asterisk, asterisk, whatever yeah. they want to call it was up there. Um, the Great Unknown I liked is a really good opening track. But again, actually weirdly, I'm going for the second track on the album again. 
I think it's the second track. Maybe it's the third. Third track. The uh, the Dreamers Hotel. Yeah. So, yeah. With, with those weird brackets. Um, I really like it because it's just a great pop rock song. It, it, it's really it's pop rock song. Doesn't have a lot of meaning to it, but it doesn't really need to. It just kind of good riffs, good chorus. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think yes. that was that was the song that as soon as I heard it, I was like, I want to hear this again. So I just saved it. Yeah, literally. So that's the song that actually made me want to listen to the album, like properly going to it. Like, like I said, I had low expectations, but when I heard that song, I was like, you know what? This might be a lot better than I'm expecting here. Uh, so that, that, that no, so that was my pick up until maybe a couple of days ago, and then it changed to Marionettes Two because. I love how it builds slowly into this massive chorus of uh, yeah. your minds of firewood. And then it, yeah, just the way it builds into this chorus and then the way it builds this ending, it has, it's just, it's the Enshikari pushing the bare boundaries of pop music a bit more while still having a fucking huge chorus that can be played on a main stage at a festival or in arenas. Like it's as simple as that. And I think we've picked two of the heavier songs on the album as well. I think those two, like we've been talking about. Yeah. In terms of riffs and like guitar stuff, definitely. Um, and yeah, guitar, uh, I think my nuance. <laughs> nuances, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, and I think they've like both those songs as well, they've still got all the electronic elements in. So I think those are two really good uh, songs to choose. Yeah, I, I'm good, two good selections. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. happy with those. Awesome. And then onto, onto Halsey's Manic. Um, this one was a tough one for me, if I'm being honest, because I'm still unsure if I want to save it or not. And I don't know about you. I think you might be. I don't know whether you're on the fence as well. I'm not. I'm saving this. You're saving uh, it. Yeah, I think a number of reasons. Firstly, it's like I like the fact that it's got a variety on there um, for pop. So although, as you say, it is manic, it's manic within the pop spectrum. So it kind of covers a lot of different parts, which is good. It's got a bit of rap on there. It's got a bit of like acoustic stuff some country style stuff some synth style stuff it's got massive huge single in without me it's got like better songs around that i know i really like graveyard as well which i know you didn't like but um yeah i don't know for me it's a save but i don't know what's keeping you on the fence what what kind so, of like, to persuade? it's a hard one because when i really like it i really like it but i listen to this and i think there are songs on here that i will skip like when i listen to the start i'll skip the opening track Listen to Clementine, skip the next couple until I get to hate, I hate everybody. Listen to that run after Sugar Is Food, and then pretty much just leave the ending. Like I won't, it's one of these things where it's like, as a whole album, it just didn't quite click for me. But that being said, its highs are brilliant. Like if you wanted an album to encapsulate part of pop music in 2020, like this. Yeah, is I it. think it does. A good like and also, how big without me has been for like well yeah. over a year now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like it does come up pop for a while now. if you like there hasn't been like it, there hasn't really been a pop album like this i think like so with the Dua Lipa album is probably the other pop album this year that people are talking about but that's so different it's not they're not comparable whereas like other pop music like even billy eilish record i think this is better than that um etc so i you know that's why i'm kind of on the fence and i might have to lean to you here and say we save it purely because of how it sums up 2020 as a pop or where we are currently so if the world were to end tomorrow this would be a really good way to sum up where pop music was when it ended I think, and I think yeah, you, you right. put that really well. So I think we'll, I think yeah, why not? Let's have, let's have a positive start and save two albums. Okay, saving two. Halsey is saved. It's in the bunker. Yeah, it's in the bunker. It's now songs. So who wants to go first on this one? Because it's a bit of a tough one. So I, I, like, I, I think I said at the start before we actually jumped on that I'm not 100% sure which one I'm saving yet. So 
I think I'll, I'll let you go then. I'll let you go first and I'll choose off of that. There was kind of three. I like Without Me, obviously. I just think that's just a banger. Um, but I also thought it was a little bit cliche to pick the song that's got been listens on Spotify. So also as I listen to the album, I think that song is just part of a very good album. Um, so I so like Graveyards, which I know you didn't like. But I've gone for Finally Slash Slash Beautiful Stranger, which has got a really annoying name. But I really liked it. That was probably really one of my the, least favourite um, songs on the record. Really? Yeah. Well, I really liked it. I liked the acoustic on it. I liked the, uh, I don't know, it was like a kind of slow pop ballad almost with a bit of, I don't know, I felt quite honest from her, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that. like when I was talking about songs I'd skip, that was probably high on the list of songs I'd skip. <laughs> You'd be making a poor decision. Um, I really, I really I'm saving that. So you're going to have to deal with that. That's being saved. <sighs> See, now, now I'm really stuck because there's three songs I've got written down here and I can, I'll can just go through them. So I've got Clementine because it's just such a bold song to have second on the album in a pop album as well. Uh, I've got 3AM because I think yeah. that is the best out-and-out pop song on this record. Like, as a standalone pop song, I think 3AM is fucking amazing. Like I said, I think it's the best Taylor Swift-style song since 1989 um, in that style of pop music, that big sort of emphatic style. I think... And I've just got Alanis interview just because it's Alanis Morissette. Um, <laughs> and it's a really good like song because it features someone no, no. like. No, it, it, it is a good song. But if I'm being honest, out of those two, it's probably my least favourite. So it's between Clementine and 3am. And because, I... because you picked a slower yeah. song, because you picked a slightly slower song, which Clementine is, I'm going to pick 3am because I want the yeah, big, big, the big pop starlings to go in there with your slow, boring acoustic song. Oh, <laughs> No, I think that makes sense to be fair. But I think we've got quite a good... It, like, it was the one song that I listened to and went, why is this not a single, pretty much? Like, why was this, like... That was the one yeah. song where I listened to properly, like, when it caught my ear. So, yeah, that's... That's it for the first episode. So, we've got... No. King yeah, Cruz. No. King Cruz being left behind. And Shikari's being saved. Halsey is being saved. We've got our six songs, all quite different, I think, from the uh, album. So, they were both... They were going to show the albums that we listened to quite well for the playlist. Um... And that's 2020, or the first 2020 episode. I'm sure we'll probably come back to it at some point. Uh, but next week uh, was a theme picked by Jack, more or less. Uh, do you want to sort of say what it is? Yeah, so next week's theme is side projects. So basically, any album um, put together by an artist who's more famous for being either part of another band or basically more famous for their work as, under a different title. Um, and we're going to be picking the side project and an album based on that. So lots of ideas yeah. already. If you keep an eye on Instagram, we'll be releasing our selections for that on the weekend. So um, maybe a little bit earlier. So just to give you guys time to listen, if you'd like to. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it should be quite an interesting theme. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, listen, um, just send us your suggestions. I've, we simply sort of decided I've been flicking through every side project I can think of. You look at some bands like, is this actually a side project? Um, or is it just like, just has a guy in it sort of thing. Um, so there's a few. I yeah. think I'm slowly settling on my choice, but I'm not 100% sure yet. Uh, but yeah, if you've got any suggestions yeah. for side projects, um, big, small, they don't even have to be good albums. They could just be weird. Um, some of the albums yeah. I was looking at are just weird albums that, you know, albums that are worth talking about by 
anyone. It could be a small artist doing another small artist side project. It could be a big artist doing a small, anything. Um, Feel free to send us a DM or an email. Or um, comment on a post, anything like that. We'll, uh, we'll yeah, Just let us know. So podcast admin, I guess, before we go. Um, firstly, we'd like to just both of us say a massive thanks to everyone who listened. Obviously, it's the first one. We're still trying to find our feet and obviously we hope that with some you know, good yeah, feedback yeah. and stuff. We, we, we hope to get the sound really a bit better at the moment because well, obviously we're, we're recording over Zoom yeah. because of the situation. We haven't got the funding to get proper software in just yet. So we're, we're doing it on a budget. So bear with us while that goes on. Yeah. Um, Amos, I think you had a few thank yous for the, I guess, the... Uh, stuff we've got going away. yes yeah so at the start like as you would have heard we've got a nice little intro riff so that's i want to thank jordan buckley every time i die uh, for getting that one to us um our logo was done in a really quickly in a couple of our graphics as well by um caitlin good friend caitlin uh, she quickly wrapped those through um and thanks to alex as well for picking the third album on our first first episode yeah. um if we if we don't get any good suggestions he'll be picking the third album on the uh, second episode yeah. so yeah. uh if you don't want to have another if you want to have a say in it and want us to pick not pick an album from Alex and get in there. And you'll get your name shouted out as well if you pick it. So that's always a bonus. So I guess feel free to hit subscribe and follow us on all our social medias. Yeah. If you have any feedback or any ideas of things you'd want to hear, send any either of us a message or send the accounts a message and we'd love to hear from you. But yeah, I think that is a wrap on episode one. That is it, perfect. And outro riff. 